Hello and welcome to this update episode of the History of Yugoslav Football podcast. Um, as we're coming to the end of the autumn series of matches in most leagues, um, it's a good time for us to stop and take stock of what's going on. Um, and today we're looking at three leagues um, that are uh, have finished for the autumn well um at time of recording two have finished and one are having their uh, last fixtures uh, actually going on while i'm recording um which we'll get to last um we'll start with going south through this episode we're going to start with um the uh, premier league of bosnia Herzegovina, then down into the montenegrin uh, cfl and finally with the Ipco Superliga e Kosovis, uh, or Kosovo, uh, in <laughs> in a more accessible language. Um, so to start off with uh, Bosnia, um, the current story of the table is as follows: We have FK Sarajevo uh, on top with forty-five points, uh, followed by Zaljestinkar thirty-six, Seroki Brieg thirty-four, Velez Mostar thirty-three, Boras Banja Luka, uh, and both and Sarinski Mostar both on thirty-two. A little gap then to Tuzla City on twenty-seven and Sloboda Tuzla on twenty-two. Uh, then so into the minnows um, we have Mladost Dobrik Ganja at uh, nineteen points. Radnik uh, on 15, and then Krupa and Olympic Sarajevo both on 13. So, as is perhaps quite clear from that little run through the, the table, Sarajevo are pretty well clear. Um, actually, so far this season, unbeaten uh, domestically, uh, and you know, have really come on meeting every test they've had uh, and, and passed it impressively uh, when i've been watching them you know they've really they've gone through their games with ease you know there have been a couple of sides who have pushed them uh, you know and sort of the need to rely on late goals but you know they look the best team in the league by a distance you know as the nine point gap would suggest uh, obviously Zilio in second um nine points back at the minute and while they look all right they are inconsistent they've struggled um, quite a bit against some of the poorer sides in the league uh, for example their uh, loss uh, early in the season to Mladost um you know where they really just didn't look up to up to scratch they are a strong side but you know certainly not a, a side which can reasonably lay a glove on Sarajevo yeah, over a, a, a full season long contest um see in behind Zelia although you know very close to is Soroki Brieg, Vers Mostar, Boros Banyuka and Sudinski you know th- those four teams separated by two points with uh Zelio a couple of points ahead of them um you know they are um if we take the teams that I'm probably most familiar with, um, you have Velez. They are very reliant on um, the fulcrum of the attack in Faisal Mulic. Um, if you've not seen Mulic, he is um, an interesting looking footballer. He is, um, I think, 6'10 um, and a bulky chap. 
at that. Um, he possibly would look more at home in uh, a wrestling ring rather than on a football pitch. Um, but you know, when you have that sort of player, it means the attack naturally gravitates around them. Um, and he's been able to benefit from that by, you know, firstly scoring quite a few goals. You know, he's come back to um, the league after having a really tough time um, when he went to uh, uh, Mura in Slovenia and just didn't get a game. Um, but the more physical nature of the the more, the more physical and the quicker nature of the Bosnian League definitely suits him. Um, the other team, uh, we mentioned a little bit more depth, would be Borac. Um, yeah, they are a side who are slightly on the decline. You started off quite strongly. Um, then they sold um, their main striker, um, who at the point that, not striker, um, midfielder Vladan Danilovic, who went to Portugal. Uh, he's was a, a, a quite quite exceptional player um, for the league, um, and I would assume will succeed uh, very well in the uh, in the top fight of Portugal uh, at uh, Nacional. Um, so again, I expect them sort of to to wane a little bit as the as, as time goes on. Um, but I mean, again. You know, we're talking about sites who are well off Sarajevo and are, are squabbling over what are going to be Europa Conference League places. Um, if you have uh, both the Tusla clubs sort of in a no man's land, Tusla City are an interesting one. I, you know, I do think they have quality in the side and they you know, are certainly capable of getting good results, but you know, they do seem to oscillate quite wildly in the levels of their performance. Going into probably the more interesting area, the sort of bottom four, uh, Mladost, Radnik, Grupa and Olympic. You know, Mladost are the, the smaller side in, in the division in terms of their location. Um, they are very, 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 very poor defensively. But what they can do is put together some good performances. They have um, a lot of talents who are picked up from other youth systems. And the way the club is run, it is to sort of polish these guys who've been passed over somewhere else and to try and get them you know, sold on every summer. And that's going to be, you know, a, a valid business plan for them going forward. You know, and they do have good talents there. Uh, uh, Nedim Hadzic uh, up front is a very good striker who's previously uh, been linked with moves to the UK um, before he moved to Portugal and it all went a bit wrong. Um, but, you know, he's certainly a better player than being in those surrounds. And the other one is also uh, Daniel Vlasic, uh, yeah, another former Sarajevo prospect who went away and has come back. And essentially they're a club rehabbing players. Um, Further down, you have uh, Ratnik, Krupa, and Olympic. All of those are in trouble. Um, Ratnik are probably a little bit better than Krupa and Olympic. Olympic uh, started extremely poorly. have gotten slightly better, um, but you know, they, they don't have the quality in the first team to really be having visions uh, above, much above that. 10th place and trying to avoid automatic relegation. Um, so moving a bit further down, we go to Montenegro and to the uh, CFL, um, which is um, 
a league that is all done by the shouting already. <laughs> Let's be quite honest. Um, you have uh, Budžnost, who Budžnica at the top. Now, um, we'll just, again, as we did with Bosnia, just run through the points. Um, Budžnost 46, Decic 31, Suceska 30, Pogoric, okay, Pogoricha uh, 27, Iskra uh, 24, Zeta. 24, but we'll get to that. Um, Yezero, 22. Ruda, Plevlia, 22. Uh, OFK, Titograd, 17. And Petrovac at the bottom on 12. So, Budajnost started pretty slowly. They had um, started quite a few games in hand early because of their exploits in Europe. But, um, you know, they're 15 points clear <laughs> halfway through the season. So you, you you won't win any money betting on them to win the title. Let's put it that way. They they are over the hill and far away. And we'd much rather focus on more interesting scenarios, um, which comes straight up with uh, three teams in behind them. So we've got four points separating uh, promoted Decic, uh, traditional giants Suceska and uh, Pogrija. Now, Suceska have changed managers so far this already this season. Um, you know, again, after having enduring a bit of a poor start, we would expect them to come through in the spring. All three clubs are relying really on one source of goals. Um, for Decic, you have Christian Vulai, um, who you know, is one of those very interesting players I like watching, um, purely because. Firstly, he scores a few goals, but when he tends to score, he tends to score some really good goals. Um, you know, he has scored a couple of really high-quality strikes so far this season. Um, you know, he quite likes playing out in sort of the channels on the left and making space for himself, getting in and uh, and doing things, um, which is always a good thing in a striker. Um, for uh, Pogliccia, you have uh, Sarita Kodic, um, yeah, who uh, is just your sort of hesitate to say they were basic, but um, you know who, who scores normal goals? Um, <laughs> who doesn't score goals that I uh, clip and put on Twitter to try and get uh, social likes? Um, and uh, at Suceska, you have Markovic. Uh, but I mean, I, I, you you would expect Suceska to sort of come through out of that little morass of. Um, of clubs through to be a fairly secure second. So um, in behind those, we have the uh, other two clubs who are in the uh, Europa League this season, Iskra and Zeta. Now Zeta are the clubs I want to focus on because there is a reason. They are on only 24 points and not 26 points um, because there was a rather um, Disgraceful issue that happened earlier this season uh, involving Zeta uh, in a game against Budžnost. They were protesting. Sorry, to say first they were unhappy with how the game was refereed, and then they were made further unhappy after the referee um, was accused of racially abusing one of their players. The results. The team walked off. And you know, obviously sent their various accusations around the uh, referee, the, uh, the referee, um, to the FA and to UEFA, um, as um, the referee in question is 
actually one of those who you know, sent my Montenegro to referee European games. And um, yeah, the end result was Zitter were deducted two points for walking off, um, which doesn't really send out the right imp- sort of message from the FA. And uh, quite aside from that, you know, since the incident happened, um, he's carried on refereeing league games, but not just that, he's uh, refereed uh, one of the nation leagues, league games and, uh, you know, only uh, about 10 days ago was refereeing a game in the Europa League. So I'm not quite sure, you know, how that's been communicated across to UEFA in terms of what's happened. But um, I would say if they haven't done a full and thorough investigation, then they probably should get on it because, you know, obviously the sort of accusation that's being brought against him is, you know, completely against the pale, particularly um, if you um, are aware of what language he is purported to have used, um, which is obviously language I will not be repeating on this particular podcast. Suffice it to say, it was beyond unpleasant. Um, Speaking of unpleasant, um, we have four clubs in the rather unpleasant situation of wanting to avoid relegation. Um, You have Petrovac, who are at the bottom, so they will go automatically down. Uh, They seem more or less certain to be doing that. But then the two places above them are uh, set aside for a a playoff. Now, it's uh, OK, who are five points behind Ruda and Jezero in there. Um, The interesting club there will be Ruda. Um, They have some serious financial issues at the club. Um, But they also have an extremely good young striker in the name of Vuk Strykovic. Um, who, you know, they will hope to keep a hold of through the rest of the season, if they can keep a hold of him. You know, at um, 18, he scored eight goals already this season, which is a really impressive turnover for a player in his first season of um, full-time senior football. Um, If they can keep him, they have a a real chance. Um, But there are certainly as far as I'm aware, clubs sniffing there. And then that leaves only the other league, the league that is uh, currently finishing at the minute as I'm recording, that would be the uh, Kostovan Superliga. Now, um, the league isn't something I'd watch loads of before this season, but I have to give it a lot of credit. It is really entertaining. Um, Whenever I ask stuff about the standard of it, I say it very much oscillates. Um, second time we've used with this podcast, so I apologise for that becoming a bit of a catchphrase. Um, it's immature in the sense that you do have some very, very good players there who should be in bigger leagues, uh, and some really, really not very good players. Um, and it's not sort of settled to a consistent standard of quality or anything where you can sort of see trends as yet. Um, I won't go through the um, table with this one, um, as I say, just because there are games ongoing. Um, But you have uh, a really interesting 
title fight between two sides in Durita, the defending champions, and Bakani. Um, you know, they're two sides that really do contrast each other. Durita are a, a well-owned old machine, very good defensively. Um, you sort of trust them to score and to do enough. Um, you know, they are good in all areas. You wouldn't point them out as having a particular weakness. Um, you know, they're the sort of team who play like champions. I think um, would probably be the best way to describe it. Barkani, on the other side, are very different. <laughs> they score loads. They concede quite a few. And they, you know, they're probably the only side in the league that's just capable of blowing anyone they come across away. Uh, you know, it's an exceptionally talented front line and production line that they have um, with Milindaku, Meriton Koronicha, Najmi Klipsi and Blen Batyu. Um, you know, I can't really give them much more praise for how they play. I um, have spent a lot of time watching them this season and they're very enjoyable. Um, Pristina? are uh, in third, a little bit behind uh, those two sides, but uh, on the last uh, weekend of fixtures for the autumn, they defeated Bargani, uh, and in such as possibly played quite a large part in deciding where the title's going to go. Um, in behind those three, you then have uh, Esse Girani uh, and Ferranikli, uh, who is just sort of in no man's land, and that will just... <laughs> Add one thing just because I sort of learned how to pronounce that uh, team this week. Um, previously always called them Ferronikeli, um, but it is Ferronikli. Um, so yes, just one for the uh, one for the um, pronunciation pedants there. Um, the relegation makeup is essentially everyone else in the league. Um, Bisape were promoted and they are. Yeah, absolutely certain to be relegated. They've only got six points this season so far. Though what I would say is um, they have uh, in goals a young a guy called Agron Kulai, who is uh, very good. Um, you know, you have seen every time I've watched him, I've been impressed with some of the saves he's pulled out. I think he definitely has improvements to make. If I was an opposition striker, you know, I'd be going low for him. He seems to have a little bit of a delay in going down, going to ground, coming out, and it just sort of needs that little extra bit of explosivity. Um, Lappi, uh, uh, side who sort of had a really poor start, started to rise the past two or three weeks um, due to a raise in form from, uh, you know, their extremely promising winner, winger, uh, Valmir Velu. Um, Trepsha, um, have pulled off some very good results at times this season, and you do have uh, yeah, a promising strike there in Bismarck. Um, Arberia, uh, again, a promoted side, um, low scoring but sturdy. Janicha of the sort of four sides not called Bessipe would be the side who I'd be most concerned about uh, in terms of falling out of the division this season. So, with those three leagues, we covered. We have a little bit of time just to update on a couple of other news items, um, not least the Serbian managerial situation, which appears to be winding its way towards noted French astrologist Raymond Domenech. Um, if you wish to know my opinion on Domenech, 
what I would say was that over the weekend I spent actual time of my life putting together a astrological guide for the Serbian squad to try and know who was going to be in favour. Um, suffice it to say it didn't actually work out very well for Luka Jovic. Um, but yes, it's a, he's not had a major role in a decade. It would be an extremely wild appointment, um, but in a very fun <laughs> way. It's so it's be a car crash that you will not be able to take your eyes away from. Uh, and uh, also just mentioned on the uh, Europa League draw as well um, for Sven Siesta. Uh, I drawing AC Milan. I've played them twice in Europe before, uh, 88 and 06. And uh, over the four legs they've played against Milan, they haven't won a game. Um, and you know, Milan haven't watched them a bit uh, as a Celtic fan this season, you know, are a very good side. Um, and I would expect them to have far too much for Svesta. Um, for Dinamo, Zareb, however, uh, drawn Krasnodar of Russia. Now that is a much more promising draw for them. Um, you know, obviously they almost went through the season, sorry, almost went through the entire group stage without having conceded a goal. Um, Krasnodar are decent, but you know, considering that um, Dinamo were able to get through fairly comfortably against um, CSK Moscow in their group, who are a better side. Um, you, you wouldn't expect them to have loads of issues with Krasnodar, at least you would expect them to qualify handily. Uh, I think, you know, they have a real chance of reaching the last 16 of the Europa League, which is a really big achievement from how they started the season and how they ended the last season in particular. So um, until the next Bunger League stop next week, um, thank you very much for listening and I will catch you next time.